0: Hey guys, Barney here with a little update. I want to give a quick thanks to AB Universe for sponsoring The Big Top. Taking over production responsibilities has been a huge undertaking and I'm extremely grateful to have such a fantastic sponsor whose products I have used for years and can personally vouch for. You can now use my promo code BIGTOP to get 10% off your order at abuniverse.com. That's abuniverse.com. Thanks again to ABU for sponsoring this podcast. Do I lift, squat, run or jump? No, but I hemorrhoid. And welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today I am excited to share the first part of my conversation with pup Aero, who shares his incredible entry into the wonderful world of kink. While Mark's story was worth spreading out over two episodes, please be advised, this first part does include a brief discussion of rape. Last week for Storytime, Pup Extra wrote in two emails, and one of them was a little bit longer, where they actually said something really important, so I just want to read that now as today's Storytime. So, they write, The pup scene was so cis gay man in years past, and I like where it is now headed. So many female pups say they won't go because they won't feel welcome. Which is the same for straight boys, but I think that, like, with everything, visibility matters, and is something to discuss. Or times when I've heard people say that they were possibly bi, but never got to explore it, because there were never any women around at events, etc. We have a female pop UK, ghost gruff. The main thing I think that needs discussing is the cis men or quote-unquote manly passing trans policy for the events in Manchester. Events like Collared and Locked are man-only and from experience haven't been as trans-friendly as a kink space should be. Every time it is discussed, the argument is always that the venue does not allow females, so there is nothing they can do. Now, sure, I on some level understand gendered spaces, but also, no. Not to mention blanket policies as a whole are a bad idea. There are many more points on this policy, but I think hearing you discuss it would be good. There have also been incidents when we've been out at rubber events and people have queried that their friends are hanging out with the straights. These sort of attitudes are a real issue. Gynophobia hurts the community a lot more than women on a hen night. The amount of times I've heard people say gross, disgusting stuff about female genitalia in the community. Once, actually, during a dinner, there was a pretty mass-presenting trans boy with us and he was so upset. More so later when the person who made the most comments hit on him and said he knew he was trans and was okay with it. What he said earlier was just, quote, what you say. And this hits me hard. It was so bance with the lads. It's what you say around the boys, not what we believe. And I thought we were better. Thanks for reading if you did. Thanks if you didn't also, because at a certain point, an audience isn't what we should create for. Amen. I totally agree. Gaykeeping women out of kink spaces just because men have been able to carve out their own isn't fair. Representation matters, and accepting all genders, sexes, and queer identities is important for these spaces to thrive. I understand wanting safe affinity spaces, but equating being open to inclusivity with some sort of slippery slope to the streets invading is just silly. It very much gives, well, we made our safe space, they can make their own, you know? So what if we have a shovel and they have a trowel? Equity and equality are not the same thing. You can't say someone further down the ladder is welcome to meet you on the top when you're in the way. We have to uplift each other. And I think misogyny and sexism, which often comes hand in hand with transphobia, especially of the femphobic variety, is far more prevalent than we like to think. Of course, there aren't just less kinky women in the world than men. <laughs> like, it's no wonder female pups have described the community as male-dominated and hostile. <laughs> None of us have it easy, but acceptance is slow and gradual, and those demographics that have been fortunate in making progress can't just throw the rest under the bus. It's like how 90s feminism focused on moving beyond only prioritizing benefiting white women. Third wave was critical of what came before for a reason. And it was a necessary dialogue that continues to be extremely relevant today. I know that's not a one-to-one comparison, but that's just sort of how I see it. In Berlin, there was a vote to allow women to the first night of the Ferienlager events. And I hadn't realized they weren't. It was crazy to me that there was an attitude of, you can have your own night somewhere else, Bye. Like, you only get two out of the three days of this weekend you may well have flown in for. Because women aren't allowed? That just sounds crazy. And the messaging is, you're not as important. Or, this isn't for you. Or worse, you're not for us. As if to lean into a stereotype and say, you need to leave the other queers alone. Gay men can't stand women, or whatever other negative association springs to mind. Like, I get having gays only night but the main event can't be gays only, if that makes sense. Like, we all need our own space, sure, but we should all get to have our own space and share in our safe spaces together, not carve out a space for ourselves at the cost of making it more difficult for others to carve theirs out and then refuse to share or to help them, I don't know. Even in these safe spaces, not everything is for our gays. It's why I'm allowed to walk around dressed as a bozo. It's not everyone's thing, But I'm welcome. Safe affinity space doesn't mean a space for your sexual gratification and enjoyment only. It should be a safe space for everyone, and that includes women. We shouldn't be relegating them to the one lesbian bar that holds a kink night, you know? I know a lot of this goes without saying, but Extra brought up a really good point. Anyway, (laughs) today the circus returns to Reading, England, and I invite you to join me as we go under the Big Top. See, this is the thing. This is the thing. You can text me. Whether or not you get a response is neither here nor there. I mean, I quite like the friendships where I can respond three months later as if no time has passed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, um, you you may not call me because I feel like that's hostile and aggressive and demanding time of me. That you, Like, you can call me in an emergency, but my assumption is always that it's an emergency. And so I'm going to be like, what if I pick up? If it, if it is not, like, send a text. Can I call you? Yeah, sure maybe i'm listen i'm on the younger side of millennial so (laughs) i feel like this is a generational thing where like it changed very quickly from like i remember calling my friends and it was like that's what you did and nowadays if i called somebody i would feel like i am personally attacking them
1: I mean, I, under- I get where you're coming from, yeah, because my, my younger brother absolutely fucking hates a phone call or whatever, but no, I... Freaks I, me out. Um, I throw the phone across the room. It's the, it's the only way that you can get information across directly without... So, like, if you're trying to tell a joke or something like that, then you don't have to use emojis to kind of, like... Suggest that I you're love the idea that
0: you're calling people just to tell them jokes
1: well you call people <laughs> if you need to share information right that's the whole point of it so and it's, there is this no is better form of communicating than either being face-to-face
0: or talking do you know what yeah I mean you're totally right and as an adult I've learned that like the the thing with adult friendships is if I'm not there for the life update I just don't get it and because yeah, exactly. I like don't call my friends anymore I have been considering recently because fidget is a fan of the facetime which I am um, okay doing, but don't surprise me.
1: That's fair. Is it one of those? Can you can you let me know via text when you plan to phone <laughs> or face? Yeah, and
0: like, I, and like, I really have to psych myself up for it. I don't know why. It feels very performative. There's something about That's it fair. which I, I I really think it's a generational thing. Like we're so used to being able to formulate a response that being on anyway welcome to the podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no no i i totally get it i do totally get it but...
0: <laughs> welcome to the big top <laughs> i feel welcomed good great that's what i was going for i i sometimes feel like my intention doesn't quite match the voice like i feel like sometimes i'm a bit scary when i'm like hi but, <laughs> no, but no. i'm trying to be like
1: i tell you've to some of the dark rooms i have there's so... <laughs> there's no
0: high involved are you a dark room guy
1: uh i'm an everything guy fantastic Great. there's not uh, so uh, yeah I, I suppose one of the, one of the things that i have really quite enjoyed about how i've been brought up in all of this is to respect all spaces so whether that's a social space all the way through to the darkest and dingiest of dungeons and some of the things that are going on there somewhat freak me out but i've learned to kind of be that person of going okay now i understand that these people quite enjoy this so i'm gonna you know i be respectful to them cool i've got my own feelings of it i'll leave you to it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean well it's the same thing as king right it's like we're not here to tell other people what they can and cannot do we can all respect that not everything's for us yeah. but i feel like a lot of these spaces are are still quite new to me so okay like the dark room stuff i you know was very novel i was just like oh okay it's not for me, but like it's it's cool. And I actually during Fetish Week I, I worked with Recon and setting up those spaces, I was like, Oh, this is actually really nice. Like we were building sex swings, and I was like, This is sweet. This is really nice. <laughs> I love that, yeah. It's just a little swing. It's yeah, very- <laughs> I no, I'm putting down like the mat for like the lube and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really nice. But my like most recent thing is Uh, I went to Pleasure Drome in London and I'd heard the word sauna thrown around but somehow I hadn't quite like understood that this was an actual sauna so like like it was steamy and sweaty yeah and there are naked naked yeah well like I showed up with bags and bags of gear
1: (laughs) no 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 you don't do that. and my
0: gear is like we're talking clown makeup we're talking honking horns and they're like you're taking all of this in and I was like yeah is that okay (laughs)
1: i fucking love it <laughs> absolutely love it yeah no uh, saunas for me were uh they, they were they were a learning curve there's a I, I mean i say this with a caveat of course i'm an old kingster in the sense that i've been in it for 10 years which mm-hmm. nowadays because of the ability for everyone to share their experiences, so much easier. yes um there seems to be a bit be a, a larger younger crowd coming in yeah um, yeah which I really quite appreciate, actually, I, I absolutely love. But when I first started going to, to sex club, uh, sorry, not, uh, saunas in, in particular, um, I, like, m- I was taught that there's like, this etiquette behind it. So if you wanted to have sex with somebody, then you don't, don't necessarily outright ask. And you kind of join in in their space. And if they allow you in, so like they open up the circle to allow you to mm-hmm. join them in, or you know one of them sort of puts their arm around you and pulls you in, then that's kind of accepted. Um, if you didn't want to be a part of something and someone came and stood next to you then you just move away slightly and it's your polite way of saying no mate i'm not interested yeah and it's kind of like that's how i was taught for for saunas and i feel that there was a little nuance but you had to be okay with that sort of physical initial someone coming up to you and touching your shoulder or something you know or hey i'm really interested in this you know how do i get involved or you know a bit more talking but then I, i come as i said i come from a an era where consent looks different to where it is now. I will like to caveat that I like the way it looks now, which is a very, I want this, I don't want this. Yeah. Back when I started this, it was very much, I did that with my sirs who then translated that to the others when they were interested in something. So right, right. I consented to them. They knew what I wanted because of a conversation that we had in a deep, you know, in a, in a, in a proper headspace outside yeah. the, the kinky headspaces where I could tell them. And then they would bring it back and say, you know, then when we walked into these places, they were very much, okay, I know what you want. I'm going to find those people that are going to intrigue you here, which worked really, really well for, for me back then. But I also feel like it was a novelty because I was one of the youngest people in the room back then. And that was mm-hmm. at the ages of 19, 20, 21. So and nowadays, if I walk into a sauna, yes, you've got your the older crew that, that have been there for 20 years. But actually, I see quite a lot of people between the ages of 19 to 25 also in those spaces. Yeah. I think it's really liberating. I, I quite enjoy that. But
0: Yeah, it is cool. I mean, it, it is also... There is this dance, but I think there's also something we can't forget, which is people, this is how all of these things grew out of people having to to do these things just to find each other in a safe way. And so true. there is this like generational knowledge that, I mean, I think the internet maybe will, will catch up with changing this, but there was definitely this big gulf from losing so much uh, of the generation that a lot of things weren't getting passed down. And I'm interested, you say you grew up in it, this is all uh, something to me that like, I don't know, I just I didn't encounter for years. What what sort of got you, you started then?
1: <laughs> I'll go to the root, shall I? Right. So, yeah, I was a <laughs> trauma time uh, trauma time. Yeah, no, I, no actually, I, I, I actually have this story, but uh, right, it's not even a story. This is my life um, where I think that I'm probably one of the most luckiest kinksters in the world to have gone through this experience because it was honest it was open it was consensual i didn't feel surprised by anything and Mm -hmm. i was talked to about everything before it ever happened months in advance in some cases as well so i was a i'm a geek i'm a bit of a nerd love computers been computer programming for most of my life as a hobby Mm -hmm. when i left school uh yeah so during sixth form, I decided I want to be a web developer and I got very, very familiar with the web, which meant that I got very familiar with the dark web and I understood how that worked. And I also at the I was about uh, seven yeah, just 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 when I turned seventeen I realised that I was gay. It was my I was a little bit late to the party about things, but a couple of my mates did that whole, oh my god, boobs are really interesting kind of thing, you know, etc. etc. around the circle and there's me like, nah mate <laughs> That ain't that ain't me. I don't know why I, I think you're more attractive than the boobs that you're talking about, but anyway, and that sort of twigged <laughs> for me, so I, I as I said, young 17 year old, started to explore that a little bit talking to people online a little bit, various, I have said, we're talking like the eras of Bebo and Myspace if if you've ever heard of them um, and Gaydar back in the day I don't oh, remember Bebo.
0: Gaydar, wow, no, that one I didn't know.
1: Yeah, so Gaydar was like that was just coming to an end by the time I was starting this journey, but anyway, as I said, because I was able to access Dark Web there was quite a few chat rooms and four that I was able to sort of touch upon bits. I don't. You know, I'm. I'm not easily scared or you know or, or scarred by most things. Um, but I can definitely tell you there's some shit on there you shouldn't see. Yeah. So yeah, I from that there was a chat room on there that we was talking about people that are getting into it and where to find this information. And not necessarily kinky, by the way. This is we're we're talking just generally gay hookups and the sort of that en- energy. And while I was on one of these slightly more dodgier forums. Um, I got in contact with one of my, one of my servers, uh or back then, who's there, w- one of them. And we, we had a nice little chat about X, Y and C. And I said, look, I'm, I, I was about 17 and a 17, three quarters at this point ish. And he was very much like, look, there's no obligation. If you fancied to meet up, you're not actually too far from where we live. And so he was really open with all the information, by the way. It was like, we live here. This is who I am. This mm-hmm. is my partner. There's a couple of us. So he was, 30 and his partner was 29 and they were like this is what we're interested in you know they just want someone else to sort of bring into their relationship that isn't necessarily a permanent part of that so not poly but someone that they can have fun with and they and he was like like we're going to be really open with this we're not really into having sex immediately want to get to know you want to yeah, why, yeah. you know just discover, discover who you are would you be interested and I'm like well I, this is a couple of weeks away from my from my 18th birthday at this point and, and uh, I was like look let me think about it for a little bit you know, I'm I'm young. I, I I'm I've got my head slightly screwed on, but at the same time, you know, this is definitely erring on the side of caution. And uh and I spoke to a very very good friend of mine at the time, and she basically turned around and said, "Do it, but let me know where you are and phone me before and after." And I was like, "You know what? Fine." So a week before my 18th birthday, I met up with uh, the, the, these two blokes, and they were divine. They were so nice to talk to they were really relaxed really chilled made me so we, we we met in an open space went for a walk around the park for a little bit before deciding to uh, so we went up to the pub um just about just on top of this hill and we we sat down for a meal very conscious that I wasn't 18 at this point. You know, walking mm. to a pub, that was scary enough by itself. Let alone <laughs> meeting two people for the first time. Um, we ended up spending about six hours together. It was like a really, really nice meeting. I kind of said to them, look, I'm brand spanking new to all of this. I've I've had sex a handful of times. I've just started to get to I, you know, grips with my body and what it can and can't do. But I honestly don't really know any of this. And they were like, you know what? I'm, we're not going to be open too much about this but if you want to we're happy to share our experiences with you and how that can help and i was like that sounds like a lovely idea so we, we we shared stories and they talked about their lives which was growing up obviously a little bit later than us They they really struggled with a little bit of it you know lots of bullying going on and some homophobic attack one of them's got a lovely scar across the shoulder which mm. you know uh, from an attack of theirs and stuff which was kind of like oh you know a little bit heartwarming anyway Fast forward a couple of months, and I've got to the point where I'm meeting them in that house. Is now still haven't had sex or anything like that. It's just you know meals and getting to know each other a bit more. Play board games. Um, I introduced them to some board games that I knew of because, as I said, massive nerd and geek. And <laughs> like awesome. we should play this is incredible. Um, <laughs> and I was disappearing for nights at a time. And one night they they turn around and say, "Look, we've been talking about sex for quite some time, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in joining us in the bedroom. Everything's completely." your speed your everything you know we just want to get you comfortable if you wanted to go down that line now i'm at this point i'm attracted to them both i think they're both stunning gentlemen they're they tick all my all my boxes one of them's a little bit of a gym buff but not like too muscular um and the other one was you know slightly same similar sort of vibe but slightly less built you know so and there was a bit of a sort of six inch height difference as well and they were cute as fuck together they loved each other and it was that real honesty that i loved ah it was it was kind of like what i strive for in a relationship now it, it was just everything open between them really really worked so yeah the first night got naked with them and like explored our bodies. there was like, no nothing penetrative at all but it was just this is you know then they showed me a couple of things that i couldn't really describe now i I think the closest way i could describe is like tantric sex so Mm -hmm. it was less about the physical like trying to pleasure you and it was more about the sensation across the body you know the 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 way that you can make your the inside of your thigh feel if stroked in a particular way and that kind of really sexual but drawing you in kind of energy and i loved it i I fell for it immediately but at, at this point i think it's kind of as I said, you know, so I'm I've just uh, this is well I'm I've been eighteen for a couple of months at this point, and so we've we've met at pubs, we've done a couple of other bits pieces where they've taken me to a party or two. Again, nothing really heavy, sexual, sexual or kinky or whatnot. And at this point, I still don't really know what kink is. I kind of I have an experience of it from the dark web, but nothing like truly. Anyway, a couple of months go by, and we've uh, at this point we've had sex a couple of times. They've taught me how to top. They've taught me how to bottom. They've taught me douching. They've taught me how to sort of more eat uh, on a bottoms diet. They've they've really helped me sort of understand what it is to be like your average gay man nowadays, or you, you know how to look after yourself to be that kind of energy for sex. Even down to taking me to the gym and showing me what they do workout wise and keeping your stamina up and insurance up and those sort of things and i was like oh this is really cute you know they really are looking after me at this point they've they've become dad one and two you know it's um anyway and yeah and a, a couple as I said, a couple of months go by and they introduced this idea of kink and they're like right we've got something to throw at you We're wondering if you'd be interested in joining us and i was like okay and they were like right we want to introduce you to bondage and i was like okay well, tell me a bit more so they were like, right, we're going to use fluffy handcuffs and, you know, silly things and bits and pieces. <laughs> nothing nothing serious at this point, literally. Uh-huh. It's, and it's, bed, uh, you know, tie-in bed frame, bits and pieces and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Anyway, go into that, and I really, really enjoy it. I'm like, actually, I can see why this is a thing. And we're, we go through... At this point, they, they've they done it all the way through the entire time, as I kind of suggested. There's lots of talking before we ever got to a point of doing anything, but they actually properly introduced me to what consent is at this point. And they're like, right, consent. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. This is how to say yes. This is how to say no. And they're like, we need you to be very clear about do you want to give this a go? Yeah. And this is how to say yes to that with caveats, you know, and what safe words are and all the other bits and pieces. So, for instance, like the word waddy I don't know if you've ever heard that as a safe <laughs> word, right? It's a stupid <laughs> word, but it is a word you can say with something in your mouth.
0: <laughs> oh, OK. So
1: you can hear the word waddy even if you've got your mouth filled. So anyway, so I learned that one ages ago as well. Uh, with a couple of other ticks as well. So if I was fully bondaged up or stuff, there's other ways of, you know, if I tap twice or something like that, you know, and it's how to look out for that. Anyway... And they slowly introduced me to all of their kinky shit. Now, I didn't realize at the time just how kinky they were. I, they've never really showed me this. This was six months after the fact I've met them. They're now introducing this sort of element of actually we've kind of got a darker side, you know, and it involves leather and rubber and bits and pieces. So both of them were leathermen. And I was like, okay, you know, they've never, I've never seen anything in their house to suggest this, by the way. That, you know, their <laughs> house looks just like everyone else's. It's uh-huh. got plants, it's got a TV, you know, all the other bits and pieces, a couple of PCs in the corner and a lovely kitchen that's there was nothing about their house that said you know whips and chains everywhere um and they certainly never came to me with uh, any of the gear on or anything like that anyway and they were like right and even as i said that six month park where they started to show me what a b and c was but they still i still didn't know i didn't know that they were kinksters you know and all this point so when they started talking about bondage and then they moved slightly into all right. Do you want to try wearing this for for a role play kind of experience or headspaces? And I learned very quickly that for me, I don't role play very well. I'm not very huh. good at doing the whole. You know, I'm a big dom, and I'm gonna blah blah blah. You know, yeah. that's not. I am I'm, I'm a caring, sensitive fucker, and if you're gonna join me in an experience, then you're going to be with me with that experience. Mm-hmm um and you're going to be feel loved and you're going to be feel cared for i can't treat people like a drone or a slave or that. i sort of think it doesn't i can't degrade people and i learned all this very early on i was like this isn't it's not really me i'm a you know if i want you to feel the way i'm feeling um which don't get me wrong i'm not saying that someone in that drone headspace couldn't but it's just a different i never yeah. really understood how to read those signals from somebody so yeah and then On my 19th birthday, so it's been a full year now, we've tried lots and lots of different bits and pieces. Um, There's some limitations in their knowledge. So, you know, they're they're not expert at everything and they're fully aware of that. They weren't trying to sort of show me everything, but there was, you know, uh, when we'd gone through X, Y, and Z. At this point, without tooting my own horn, I was fucking good at sex. And I really, really enjoyed being a versatile character. I was definitely heavy bottom back then. I definitely preferred to be tied to a bed and fucked silly than it was the other way around. But it, I could use the dick, and I knew how it worked. So it was kind of like that really combined energy. A week before my 19th birthday, they they invite me over for birthday dinner. At this point, I've learned that they're Leatherman, I've seen them in their gear, and we've experienced a little bit of role-playing that. And they brought me my first set of Leathers on my 19th birthday. So we're Whoa. talking full Leather... Uh, it, sorry, when I say Leathers, I'm not talking like Leatherman style. So it was a arseless, frontless chaps, a decent thong, jock kind of energy leather piece a leather vest top because I get, I get really really hot and sweaty and i was just like i can't live in leather that's not yeah, my yeah. thing but anyway no. um and the one thing they really brought me there that i was really uh what i absolutely loved was uh, a lovely collar as well um and a leash and things like that now note that back when i started kink dog play or pup play wasn't a thing animal play uh, uh, it it just started to become a thing in the world It wasn't quite anything that it is today. So when we saw when the whole collar thing was very much slave drone than it was anything else. So and um, and underneath the leather. So I've taken it out. I've tried it all on, and it's like, oh my god, it fits beautifully. So obviously they've they've kind of either guesstimated or they've taken some measurements off me while I've been you know tied up. I've no idea. But anyway, regardless, they managed to get this leather outfit fitting beautifully. Um, And then they were like, right, and here's the secondary ticket, and it was a ticket to. Folsom over in San Fran. What? So they've invited me out to come to San Francisco with them to experience Folsom. So my first ever and I mean my first ever proper kinky event was at Folsom in San Fran with these guys back in you know years and years and years ago so Folsom wasn't I call it Folsom now back then it it was also Folsom but it had other names as well because it was Folsom as a street fair in San Fran don't be wrong it's been going on for a very long time nowhere near as big as it is today uh, than it was back then either so yeah so not only have they paid a ridiculous amount for the for for the holiday or the holiday so it was a four day four day away now the funniest thing is me trying to explain to my dad where the fuck I'm going for four days at the age of 19. That was funny. (laughs) It was like, it was three months away, you know, and so I I convinced my dad that I was going on a camping trip with all my buddies. But the other bit being, of course it was in France, which is why I needed my passport. And my dad was like, yeah, with parents going to be there and stuff, you know, you're 19, but I'd still like you to have some adult guidance. Like, yes, there's very much adult supervision. (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> there's two of them that are going that are both in their 30s that want to look after us and they're going to be our guides etc etc my dad brought the entire thing you know and he, he he was uh, to, be, to be fair I still think none to the wiser today but anyway so yeah I go to Folsom in San Fran and a couple of clubs bits and pieces I think one of my first proper kinkier memories of that was I was in my full leather walking down the street got to see all sorts going on you know these are all things that i'd now heard of and kind of understood so you know what flocking was what fisting was and all these sort of things but they were just happening you know people uh, drinking piss and people do you know your you, you standard what you'd yeah. kind of in your heads nowadays is like yeah that's fetish that's that's awesome people doing what back then was animal play so like leather hoods were just starting to be a thing and Bits and pieces, and I, I was all incredible. And I remember them being like, right, we spent about an hour down the strip, and then we, they were like, right, we're going walk it, come into this bar with us. Like, okay, cool. So I walked into the bar. Now, no, I'm 19, drinking age in America is 21, Ugh. so I lied horrendously about my age because kinksters all do this. So I walked into this bar, and everyone assumed I was 21. It was fucking brilliant. No, actually, I was one of the youngest people there as well, by quite some. Like this first bar we walked in, everyone else must have been 30 plus. Everyone. I literally walked in, and it's you know you're, you know the pretty guy in the room vibe where like everyone turns their head and like eagle eyes, and I was like, oh, "Crap." Anyway, my my two sirs, they obviously had my collar, had my leash, and they were like, "As long as you're attached to one of us, none of these guys will touch you." And I was like, "Okay, this was learning the etiquette a little bit." And they were like, "Right, the the etiquette is they can stare because you know I'm young and pretty." Um, fabulous body on me back then and all the other bits and pieces. Not quite as hairy as I am today and certainly didn't have this fucking magnificent beard, but it was um, it was very much you do not touch it. While someone else has the collar and the leash, that was their signifier that I was owned by somebody, that I, no one could touch me. And it was written in the, written in law back then it was it was really quite heavily as well so not once did i get inappropriately touched i got called a couple of names you know loads of people saying oh how gorgeous i looked and how the leather really suited me and other things like that no one touched me and it was just one of these really incredible experiences where you're like so this is kink you know it's it's heavily consensual it's everyone's looking after us and that's yeah anyway
0: it's safer than most fucking hookup like (sighs) yeah 100%.
1: Hundred percent. It's safer than any bar you'd walk in today. I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This um, yeah. is and- amazing. <laughs> and yeah, and then the evening. So I got to know a couple of their friends that they had in America. There was about twenty of us by the end of it. There was a consensual. They were allowed to give me a hug and kiss me, but that was about it, you know. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, you know, I had my arse out and everything, and you know, in 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 these arseless chaps, and the entire world was staring at it, and little ni- little nineteen-year-old Mark's fucking ego is going through the fucking roof, and I'm loving life, you know. So it was, yeah, it was, it was an experience. The evening got even weirder. One of the, we, I remember walking through this double door into this nightclub. So again, I was still wearing the same leather. We'd gone back and got changed and sort of wiped the leather through, uh, had a shower and stuff. Got went back out because San Fran's hot, by the way. Like trying to sit in yes, forty degree is. heat in leather, and you're just like, how are you doing this? There's me like sweat dripping from me because you know British like over there. Yeah, this was this was a bit warmer than I was experienced. had experienced. So I've um. Uh, yeah, so we've walked into this club, the three of us, again, he's owning my collar, there's, lo- there's an army behind us, and they're just like, right, Mark, what do you think? I opened up this door, uh, double doors, and there is just a, a huge rotund guy, right? And I, I don't get me wrong, I ended up meeting, his name was Max, and he was lovely, but um, and he's got like six twinks underneath his arms as he's walking through. Again, really, really rare, because to see younger, under the age of 25 guys in a club, super non you know it's just not a thing back then it was so for this guy to have between the ages of 20 to 25 year olds and six of them all at once he had a type and he obviously managed to wangle his way in with them but anyway so when i saw him with these like three under each arm scooping them off to a corner of this club and the rest of the club's kind of doing their own thing and you've got sex going on in that corner you've got fisting going off in that corner you've got three people on a swing over there you've got two people in a cage over there or you know the whole chastity kind of thing yeah the entire event's like okay yeah this is my first time sort of really exploring i've seen a little bit outside but this is now intense you can smell sex in the air you know it's that really quite well basically just lube mm. and lots of it yeah and they were like right should we go and get a drink and i was like uh-huh yeah no i don't care, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> walked over got myself a pint i was sat there at the pint and i remember standing there and it's like the, the the energy changes slightly. There's an etiquette to this place that I hadn't quite learnt yet. And one of the sirs said, don't stand facing the bar. You've got to stand sideways. Eh? And I was like, okay, I don't know why, but cool. Anyway, so <laughs> the, and you could see them both sort of semi-laughing. They like to do this thing where they would obviously tell me what not to do, but wouldn't tell me quite what would happen if I didn't uh-huh. follow their rules exactly. Uh-huh. And it was, they knew it was completely, again, it was, this was kind of that borderline of consent. It was a, they knew that if whatever happened, because of not telling me what would actually happen, I would still enjoy it. Anyway, obviously a lapse of judgment slightly, I didn't really notice. Anyway, walked across, walked up to the bar, put my arms on it like this, because it was a really, really high bar as well. I'm talking, I'm, you know, I'm 19, 20, I'm not small, mm-hmm. you know, and I've gone up like this, put my, put my hands up on the bar, rested my chin on my hands, and... Yeah, some guy starts undoing my trousers, and he's oh. like, he's like a little gremlin that sits underneath the bar and sucks people off if they stand up. So I like. A, <laughs> I was like, about to ask <laughs> what happens if you <laughs> face the bar. Yeah. <laughs> so I take a staff and like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and uh, my two wow. sons are laughing. They were like, we would have stopped him before he got there, but we just, you know, we were we're playing games at this point. Uh, I was like, love okay, that there's
0: I, a bar gremlin. <laughs> it
1: was like, yeah, it wasn't, like, that's my description of now. Back then, you know, we're talking. I'd a gentleman who obviously it, it wasn't a bad looking gentleman either you know it's um that's funny so.
0: this is incredible I didn't know what I was in for today I I the, what ha, I mean the this the, like the main thing I've learned is that honesty is everything and I love that that was the foundation of the relationship between the three of you however I'm just amazed at the experiences you you had and and, and this is amazing and and it is really sad that like you you do kind of have to be lucky to have this sort of thing. And I wish more people could have this. Mm, so I, I never learned any of this stuff. I never learned I'm, any. I'm I just I just found out what douching was. And I've been bottoming since I was 15. Right. Like, like I, I just, the idea of like learning about sex instead of just sort of fumbling to figure it out. And, and the way you said, uh, I learned how to use a dick and how it works. And I'm like, yeah stuff like that and getting fucked is never something I mean for me, that was never something that I really like considered because kink was kind of kind of the everything, but like, yeah, I'm kind of jealous. that's amazing to have such a great mentor for this stuff, and I love the way that they've really taken you under their wing. I think this is going to be two episodes because i need to I need to hear all of the- <laughs>
1: that that's absolutely right yeah so but yeah I mean to be fair at that point, it all opened up everything opened up the experiences started becoming a bit more intense um they started throwing me in situations where not that i wasn't comfortable and i was fully aware open consent was given you know and i, I kind of knew what i was getting them for but i'd never experienced them before so rightly i was nervous um and we're talking about you know so i walked in, i remember walking into a dungeon and there were we we're talking flogging but to the extreme where they were drawing blood yeah uh, i've seen needle play and certainly the whole scalpel sort of stuff and it like the whole role play between doctors and people being, you know, carefully sliced open and stuff. Don't get me wrong, fully sterile, everything in the room was yeah, yeah. like a little operating theatre. It really was quite <laughs> well done. But it was just that now you're hitting the level at which I'm uncomfortable. And I yeah. learned that, you know, I was like, right, that's not my not my thing. Yeah, and then um obviously during this entire thing I got introduced to, to rope, which Subsequently, became my favorite tool of the trade. Uh,
0: yeah, I was going to ask how how you got into rope work specifically, because that's yeah. that's the main...
1: <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I, where, where does that, all that come from? So while I was um, so my sirs were shit with rope. Honestly, they were they didn't know a knot at all. Ever, you know they could just about three hands together, and that was about it. Anyway, and um, so they were very honest right at the beginning though. So when I uh, they had taken me to a sex club in Berlin about six months later after this, I'd experienced a little bit before this. And I'd kind of suggested to them that I wouldn't mind learning a lot more about rope, and they were like, absolutely brilliant. We've got a guy, right? And I was like, awesome, sounds brilliant. So I've, I've, and said hi to this guy, and um, we were, as I said, we were in Berlin, gone to a set club, into their dungeon, and this guy turned around and gone like, yeah, I, I, he was really, really quite pretty as well. You know, again, you know, sort of mid thirties, really knew what his stuff, and he, he I'd seen his work. Um, through pictures that the sirs give me and he was doing like big spiders webs and mm. tying people up to them and things like that and i was like oh my god this is so pretty i want to learn lots and they're like right well first let's go and experience it yourself and then what we can do is get him to teach you a bit and i was like yeah this is really really awesome I have to caveat this, by the way. I've got two versions of this story. Do you want the really, really nice one or the one that ends in horror?
0: Obviously, I want the horror. Okay. So well, there, I, merge them. Give me both.
1: Well, it is merged in some respects. There's just a cut-off point to get to the nasty <laughs> shit. Um, and by the way, I openly talk about this. I'm not bothered by the connotation of, but it does involve rape. Okay. Okay so i'm at this bar i'm at this club in the dungeon and i'm loving life and i'm getting tied up by this guy again everything's incredible the entire lot is really really nicely done the consent right at the beginning was very clear it was uh, you're here to tie me up Um, if you want to do a bit of tantric stuff that's fine so you know touching caressing getting to know my body Mm -hmm. a rope is very like that when you're tying someone up it can really be very it's a very intimate experience and to make that more intimate you know you can do the whole Um, pulling someone in and, you know, stroking their body while you put the rope across it, making sure the rope trails across someone's body so you're not quite getting rope burn. But at the same time, you're, you know, you're feeling the rope, you know, run through your hands. One of my favourite experiences when I'm tying people up nowadays is the feel of the rope passing through my fingers. Anyway, so he's tied me up in this beautiful, so he's had this cobweb kind of set up and he's tied me to it so there 's kind of a, a bit of a, a the body position's kind of one arm strapped to my chest and there 's another that 's kind of like a behind my head, making it look like i 'm relaxing on this web and he 's done it so beautifully but i 'm fully supported. I can literally drop into the rope at this point, and the rope 's got me and it was one of the nicest experiences so it was kind of a cross between bondage slash rigging you know kind of this energy. I started a foot on the floor, but i wasn 't I could put a lot of my weight on the rest of me and it would i 'd be very comfortable. <laughs>
0: Anyway, just quickly, i you've just reminded me of my first rope experience. And maybe this is why I haven't engaged with as much of it as I would like to. Because my first experience fucking hurt. I was <laughs> oh, suspended. Yeah. For the, that was my first ever time being tied. I was suspended. Ouch. And yeah, that was extremely painful. And I was tied to somebody else. Yes. <sighs>
1: anyway. Suspension is an art form. And I tend to find you can or you either can or you can't do it. And those that can't do it don't seem to understand that there's a way on it.
0: Anyway, yeah, it was it was it was my side. Like I was on my side, and it was that the rope was cutting into my waist, and I was thinking, like, if I was just my hips were better supported, then I could stay in this longer. But yeah. eventually, I had to get out of it, and he was kind of disappointed. And I was like, dude, I, I can't. I had this big line. Anyway, yeah,
1: yeah, no, 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 hundred there's, percent. There's a learning curve there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm against this rope, and, he, and he's quite, he's enjoyed his work piece. Now, at this point, my sirs had bucketed off for a little bit, um, leaving me with him, because obviously they've got their own fun to have as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm left alone with this guy in the middle of a, a guy not quite in the corner of the room, but, you know, off to one side, a little bit a little bit secluded, so he can do his work in private, you know, as private right. as a <laughs> dungeon gets. And, yeah, uh, and, uh, th- and at this point, this is this is why I don't. I, this story gets a little bit complicated because in my headspace at the time, consent's been given, and I'm I, I understand what's going on, but I still have never needed to say no to an experience that was happening to me at the time. Yeah. So for me, this is my first time of somebody breaking the code that I've been really, you know, for the last year and a half, have listened to, and everyone's looked after me because of this code. So this guy, anyway, um, he en- he ends up essentially looping my ass up and Starts to starts to fuck me and I'm like, well, I'm a good bottom, so I can relax to most things. But at the same time, it's a little uncomfortable. I'm being held in a silly position. I can't bend myself in the way that I'd usually do to really enjoy this. Anyway, um, and I've obviously got my head attached to the rope frame, so I can't really see what's going on too much. I can feel him behind me. I know what's going on. Um, and in my head, I was like, oh, he's obviously just just having a little extra fun. You know, was, I'm pretty. I kind of, you know, lots of people are staring. Blah blah blah. There's obviously a thing. Anyway, and um. It wasn't until I heard thunk 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 and then someone being punched, till I realised that what he was doing was wrong. And it was one of my sirs had seen what was going on from across the room, ran over at two hundred mile an hour in his leather boots. You know, so you know how kind of heavy they get, right? So you can hear him going, and he's pacing it, and um, he just collides with this fucker behind me, uh, fist on fist on his cheek, and that was it. It was he. This guy's been knocked to the floor in an instant. This is the bodybuilder. Of the Sirs, you know, so he knew how to a throw a punch, but it was heavy, you know, heavy as fuck. If he wanted to punch you, and you you knew about it, that was the thing. And and yeah, and the other Sir comes up to me, grabs me, and he's like, he's he's making sure his face is directly in front of me. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I don't know what's gone wrong right now." In my head, I'm like, everything's just a blur, and um, and I don't know quite what's going on. I don't. Re- I understand that this guy hadn't consented to this, but at the same time, I wasn't not enjoying it. It, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, was but it was etheric, uh, you know, the whole thing sure. at this point was, I didn't know that that was wrong, which right. was a really interesting sort of caveat to the.
0: Yes. Which is, which uh, happens so, so much. I mean, it happened like for me, for sure. The first time that somebody, I, I was left alone was somebody who, I, I didn't know that what they were doing was wrong. But the the, the other thing that I, I'm just trying to get the whole picture is, is so they saw this happening and obviously this has not been part of any of the conversation and he hasn't said anything to yep. you while they were away right
1: yeah yeah exactly so uh, i kind of as i alluded yeah. to earlier the 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 whole way this worked was my sirs dictated the consent and they were very clear and specific for people that they left you with what the yes and no's were Um, so it meant that i didn't necessarily need to say yes or no but it also meant that actually there was one or two experiences with this where it kind of half backfired because it was like i would have liked to have carried on but my sirs were slightly more controlling than that it was like because i haven't pre-discussed it with them they were No, you're not doing that because we have... But talked. I mean,
0: but this is the thing. Kink is a negotiation. And so I think airing, them airing on the side of your safety, because as far as they know, you haven't consented to this. Yep. So I, I completely understand that. And so like, airing on the side of safety, I think is always... But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating violence, but also, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um,
1: yeah, it was it was kind of one of those... So anyway, um, as I said, so the, the other thing they did, which at the time didn't really matter to me at all, but I, I laughed to fuck when I realized later on in life what they had done. But they basically got the, their safety shears out and started just cutting me out of their rope, right? Oh. <laughs> sacrilege! I mean, nowadays, I, you know, I've spent a lot of money on my rope. So. Yeah. But then they were pissed at this guy for breaking rules. Anyway, so I was dragged away by the, the younger of my sirs and sort of put in a corner and cleaned up a little bit. And, the, you know, and he literally was, at the time, I still didn't know anything was wrong. I, I honestly was like, "This is what you know." I understand this guy didn't get consent, but at the same time, I wasn't—I did not enjoy it. So I was like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, yeah. You well. know, I—I I didn't quite get the gravitas of the yeah. of the of the situation. The older of the sirs basically got the got the management involved, and this guy was kicked out immediately, and none of that shit. You know, it's like nothing that doesn't happen here. It's it's rules and regulations in place for a reason. Yes, like yeah, look after each other. And I was like, "Okay, I get that. I get he's broken the rule and that's bad." And it wasn't until. So the the management came over and gave us a drink you know and was like you okay and I was like I'm I'm fine Nothing's nothing nothing's wrong with me and I'm I'm quite happy with it you know I in my time I had quite a nice experience the the whole rope bit anyway mm-hmm. and um yeah and, and so we we leave that place quite abruptly from that point go back to the hotel we get changed showered and stuff like that by the way at this at the entirety of the journey getting home I'm being cuddled and hugged and held and all sorts and it's really quite like romantic it was like this bad thing's happened to me and i'm like I, I i don't know is there is there a bad thing okay but i'm being hugged so this is nice um mm. they get they take me out for a nice meal we were planning to do for a nice meal anyway there's not like that they deliberately went out of their way to yeah. find somewhere nicer but it was very uh there was lots of foods involved that was very Yeah, you know like ice cream afterwards and things like that it was kind of treating me like a child you know that had been through an experience and Mm -hmm. i'm like i i'm fine guys don't anyway and at that dinner we spoke about it like really well and he was like and they were very clear that do you understand why that was wrong And i was like well he broke consent he was like no mark you you were raped and it was that kind of the gravity of that word you know it's until you hear it it really didn't sink in and i was like I suppose you're right. I probably was. And it, to, to, to this day, I'm still like, I enjoyed the experience. Yes, it
0: was wrong. Yeah, yeah right. Which is neither here nor there. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter how I felt about it. It was true. It was 100% right Um mm. No consent was given for that particular activity. Therefore, it was wrong. Anyway, yeah. it, it took me a while to sort of get over that fact, actually. It, got, it took me a while to realise that just because you've enjoyed something doesn't make it right, you know. And, yeah,
0: totally. And, and that, that, I think, is something that doesn't get talked about enough is especially with rape victims who are uh, you know assaulted like there is often this thing that they'll talk about where they say like oh but i feel guilty cuz i enjoyed an aspect of it and it's like well yeah that doesn't mean you consented
1: yep yeah 100% um but yeah uh, but the, the the nice little spin off from all of that was that i got to experience rope properly for like a, mm. my first time and it sowed a seed that just kept growing and growing and growing um, and since that since that day, I've always enjoyed and have always, have uh, now have always enjoyed the experience and the practice of rope play, um, whether that be bondage, suspension, rigging, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: I'm I, I like again, I think it boils down to you having these amazing people in your life. But I love that this is still such a positive, foundational experience. Like it's both things. It's it's.
1: I think in my head, I've 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 separated them. The, the rope play bit was amazing. I don't care who did it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, to, to me, the, the experience of being tied up and being suspended, not quite suspended like that, but you know, to be held in that sort of position was really yeah. quite nice. Um, I later learned that a lot of my works, actually, I kind of moved away from the artsy-fartsy style of mm-hmm. um of rope play, which, by the way, I have all the respect in the world to anybody that can have the patience to do all the pretty knots because I learned very quickly that what I wanted was that experience of being bound and that came from industrial kind of big knots, big thick rope across the body, getting you into a position where you're kind of mummified or hogtied mm. or any of the others very quickly, and then also and then sort of that tantric sex to their body um, afterwards and bits and pieces. Or oh, I don't know. To be fair, actually, in the last five years, we do rope play sex because I kind of fell away. For me, it's the rope play itself has become like an art form and a, something I really quite enjoy doing without yeah. necessarily a sexual
0: component. I'm I'm interested in this idea of sex being separate to kink, like that they sort of taught you the sensuality and the, and and the kind of tantric sex first, because that's something that's brand new to me. I I have always sort of thought that I had a, a, a you know totally insensitive body. I've never been about sen- sensation, um, and it's only recently that I've had friends who. I have kind of known what they're doing there and that that has kind of been something that I've opened my eyes to. But would you then say that like, so would you say that rope is like your main kink?
1: Uh, Yes, nowadays. Right.
0: Okay. Just about like how you got into all these things. And from these like main kink experiences that have shaped you, what would you say you've learned from going through the things that you've gone through? Because it sounds like you've really, really had an encyclopedic almost uh, <laughs> education, which I think is like really, really incredible, and it and now completely makes sense to me the the way that I've seen you like discuss and 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 talk about uh, rope and kink in general, having that backing.
1: So uh, yeah, I I, I think from me, I learned very early on that the what kink is isn't necessarily associated to sex. Kink is a sensation across the body, whether it be a mind one, a body feeling, or or sexual. It can Mm. be any of the above. But um, kink and sort of fetish in general are different entities. In in uh, I mean, personally, I'm kind of a bit loose on where they start and stop between each other, but to me necessarily a a fetish is something that doesn't necessarily need gear whereas kink kind of does um that's kind of in my head how i see it so someone that's kink, a kinkster would be a leatherman that needs the leather to don It's a it's a putt play because of all that whereas a fetish can be i want to play with your feet um Mm -hmm. because they turn me on and that kind of or or they give me a a positive sensation so that's kind of how i would define them uh, or how correction how i've seen them been defined but yeah i i I generally think in both situations the the fetish tends to be slightly more related to a positive sexual feeling or that arousal of something, whereas kink can be completely opposite i mean um a lot of my rope play now is't I can turn someone on really easily with with my rope play because of the way that i'm like as I said, sort of that tantric style, these mm. sensations across a body, the way that rope glides, et etc et cetera I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm turned on by it anymore rope for me i get a lot more for me it's the positive kind of i know i'm doing something really good for you and i'm enjoying it because i'm making a piece of art it's sure. <laughs> it's less about the but the, i mean to be fair actually nowadays um Certainly, as I've got older and more safety conscious, it's very difficult for me to have sex with it. I'm demisexual anyway, so I don't really have sex with people I don't know. So yeah, if I'm tying so. you up randomly, then it purely is going to be rope play. Mm. And I've done many examples of this where I've done rope, set someone up in a in a kind of a safe position and then allowed someone else to come in and do the sex bit. That's OK with me. I'm As long as I'm around to understand that my rope isn't doing something to the body that shouldn't be. Yeah. Okay, cut your blood circulation, you know True. that kind of the safety aspect of it. Is slipping or doing something silly, but yeah, no. I, I, nowadays, for me, the, the, there is a big separate uh, separate uh, divide between the two. So my 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 other kink self, Arrow, he is the he's the kink side that I allow to come out when I want sex. Mm-hmm. So that more animalistic dog like energy.
0: Right. Okay. So so I before I ask about that side of things. You've described so beautifully. Actually, I really like the the way you describe the rope gliding across across the body, um, and this like heavier sort of big rope bondage thing. But beyond rope specifically, what is it about bondage that that you love?
1: I'm going to be slightly caveat there. Rope is the bit that I really quite enjoy about bondage. Okay. I I am a climber. I also did scouts back at the you know, and I didn't realize that I kind of fe- it, it rope for me is almost kind of that fetish. It's it there's something about rope itself,
0: like the thing itself, the material, yeah. and just feeling it. And it I
1: broken. suppose kind of how use how versatile it is. Yeah. Rope can be used in everything, and I mm-hmm. I consider myself as like a jack of all trades. So that in my real life, you know, as for work and play and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, like there's not a lot of things I'm not half bad at. So it kind of works. But yeah so for me getting into rope understanding knots being quite good with knots and then that kind of translated onto the body quite nicely and then I kind of I live I love the feeling of being restricted mm-hmm. but I also love the fact that I could never be dommed by it. if I can find it I'll share you share a picture of uh so uh phantom bondage in in London uh him and I got on famously back in the day and uh, he tried to tie me up and dom me once and he could not take a picture of me where I looked like I was being domed. I had rags shoved in my mouth, and my head pulled back, my hair pulled. I was put in dog masks and all sorts of <laughs> He could not, in one shot, make me look like I was being dominated. And he got so frustrated with it. And I'm just like, no, I'm promoting this. <laughs> Come on, bitch. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was kind of that energy of how I see rope. It's something that empowers me. It gives me this facility to, right. even when I'm tied up, it's uh, I own the rope. It's mm-hmm. my tool. So yeah, that I suppose that's my my connection with it. Um, but I do in, I do really enjoy how other people feel when in rope as well, because I can imagine myself in their position. So there's a, sorry, there's probably a bit of empathy there when it comes to I'm tying you up. I can see you enjoying yourself in this yeah. headspace where you're losing control of your body. And I'm in control, so there is definitely a bit of a, a dom characteristic behind me. But it's that's kind of that's where it stops. It's that I'm in control of people, but I'm going to look after it. You know, it's I'm going to make you feel brilliant because of I'm now your arms and I'm now your legs. I've got control over how you act and what goes on with your body, etc.
0: Ooh, do you ever do puppet stuff?
1: I've never done it, but I couldn't see why I couldn't. It's not difficult to do singular. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> for last, yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, so how then does putt play come into it for you? So when I was about twenty, so, uh, so I I
1: started learning rope. As I said, probably the age of, of nineteen and a half, twenty-ish, something around that age. And I moved uh, and I learned over like three years how to do rope quite well, and I, I really enjoyed it. I met loads of people really some weird experiences and if we get if we get time i'll share a random story about me being used as a as a rope puppet kind of thing um, performance thing that was awesome but anyway that's that's just a lengthy story it was a um, uh, art gallery but for humans and oh. bondage and stuff, and it was awesome. Anyway, okay, awesome. So yeah, while I was learning all of that, pups started coming out and stuff. So when I, by the time I hit sort of twenty three, twenty five ish, something like that, I was really, uh, I was looking for rope bunnies. So a, a twink that quite enjoyed being tied up. I had a particular type. I would tie up anybody, but I was specifically looking for that sort of more twinkier body. And okay, at this I'm going to ask you about that in a second. <laughs> okay, and twinks in particular because I, they're easier to work like, without like trying to objectify them slightly, they're easier to work with, they require less rope to go around their body to make them mm-hmm. do stuff and I can rig them easier because they don't need so much as a support across a portion of their body because they're lighter, right, okay. etc, etc et so there's lots of useful things about uh-huh. twinkish bodies, and I've, I've got loads of friends back then that I, I played with but I actually worked out really quickly that this whole pup play or dog play like ticked a lot of the boxes most of them were twinks most of them were really subjective, you know, really quite submissive in the way they wanted to be handled. Every single one of them that I ever met wanted to experience something new. So rope was on the on the cards for them. And it just turned into something that... So I was a handler way before I was a, a pup. Right, um, okay. So I learned how to do this kind of... Uh, how to handle a dog a bit more, uh, or a pup. And I, I got really quite familiar with, you know, the treating them like an animal. To me, headspace is headspace. I can do that, but that's fine. Not very good at role-playing so much, but at treating someone like a dog that was that, that you know we've all kind of done that so that was kind of right, easy right. he's like um so i was like yeah cool i can i could do this yeah so started treating a bit more etc cetera, etc cetera, getting involved in the in the in the community and then at the time i met one of my boyfriends who was a pup and i think that's probably where the seed started to reel drop mm. i still was kind of more handler but he opened my eyes to i could play a lot and it would be really quite fun
0: yeah And that's where we're calling it for today. Tune in next week to The Big Top to catch part two of my discussion with Pop Aero. And with that, see you next time as we go under The Big Top. Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body-safe and prioritise quality, aesthetics and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a nonprofit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com. That's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E ecom com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy. Let your freak flag fly.